0: Hello and welcome to the Footstock Weekly Podcast episode number 18 featuring Footstock Monkey. Great Chad on a great week for Footstock. It's absolutely been massive, hasn't it? Like honestly, I don't think I'm overstating it. Maybe I am a little. Am I? You can tell me. Am I overstating it if I say I feel about as excited as I do now as I did in about April or May? Maybe at the start of the boom I was a bit more excited because I was, I was just blown away by how many people were signing up. But now it's kind of like, do you know, some of the fundamental errors with their their model have been firmly addressed. And I don't know how anyone else, how anyone can shit on Footstock anymore. I just think the only way is kind of, you can never say the only way is up. But I I think we're in a really good place is what I'm getting at. If you have not signed up to Footstock yet, please use the link in the description. They have a 50% deposit bonus at the minute. You get that back as tournament credit. So if my maths is right, you deposit 100 quid, you get 50 quid tournament credit, which you could win thousands with, potentially. Who knows? Um, So yeah, use my link, please. And if you're an avid fan of the show, and you know, I don't have a patron, and I'm not going to ask for your money anymore. I'm, I'm sick of it. If you enjoy the content, and someone asks to sign up you could always take the hit and forfeit your your free tournament credit and give them big johnny's link do you know you could do that but again that's probably being cheeky that's asking too much but yeah have a good week everyone um it's it's a really fun time on the platform i hope you enjoy this episode and you'll you'll hear from me soon look after yourselves So now I'm joined by FS Monkey, a.k.a. David. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You still? I'm good, David. I'm good. It's nice to talk to you.
1: I believe you're a bit of a pro in the podcast scene these days. (laughs) Well, two two in two weeks. But I I am thinking about doing my one in the future. But it won't happen for a little while again.
0: Well, sure. Look, if if it ever is going, let me know and I'll uh, I'll put the word out. And while people are here listening to this one, also make sure you check out Footstock Hub's podcast. Um, It's a really good podcast. I just really enjoy it um the guys genuinely know a lot more than me (laughs) being honest you'll probably enjoy it more than this one to be be truthful but they aren't on apple at the minute i think you'll find them on spotify so just look up foodstock and you'll find it i'd I'd highly recommend it um albeit the host's a bit of a dick but other than that look at that Me, me and callum have this podcast host rivalry i'm loving it anyway david enough of me with my preamble tell me a bit about yourself your foodstock journey to date
1: Well, I joined Footstock back in, um, I I can't remember what the actual date was now, but it felt like it was something like February I signed up on the Indiegogo campaign. I bought one pack on there then I thought, I thought I'll buy another one. Then as more people kept signing up, I thought, "Eh, maybe this will take off. I'll buy another couple. So when it started, I didn't go for the massive pack. I honestly can't remember what they're called now. It was like the one of everything or whatever it was. I didn't go for that one, that was about a grand, I think, but uh, I wasn't quite that rich. But uh, yeah, I bought a few and then deposited a bit more when uh, the site launched and, you know, quickly got involved with it and really liked the product. But um, ov- obviously then I had to take a bit, of well, not obviously, but I have Crohn's disease and um, it's been sort of up and down for the last sort of 10 years, but it, the last sort of year in particular has been very bad. and. I'm actually waiting for an operation now, which this morning was confirmed for the 12th of October. So I will be in hospital from then for God knows how long at the moment. But um so that curtailed it. I think that I played some tournaments early on and then during the summer I had to stop playing because I wasn't very well at all. I was in and out of hospital. Mm. And then I came, I kept on noticing the, the footstock thread was sending through those uh like football manager type um virtual games and i was sort of paying a bit of attention to them and then they launched virtuals fully and i thought Sorry, i might as well get back you know get involved a bit but um and then went from there really and then deposited mm. a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and um yeah that's where we are now
0: yeah well, good luck with the operation, I'm sure. I speak for the whole community. Um, Everyone will be yeah, here for no, chat. Hopefully you're not completely incapacitated and you have a bit of time for food stock to,
1: I'll, to entertain I'll probably you. probably for the first few days, but after that, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be back on I only miss a few days. Yeah. It's it's funny, because I
0: think when I look at my collection now, you say you've been depositing and depositing and depositing. Do you know, I think now is almost like, maybe even a couple of weeks ago, I think we've kind of bottomed. Um, there's probably some graphs someone's done about market cap or money in the market. I don't even know if you can do that because we don't know the number of cards or anything. It's not kind of like football index in that way. But I think it's kind of at a nice place right now where, you know, if you're coming in, you're getting a really fair price, but there's definitely scope for growth. And I think the email sent out by Footstock really, really proves that. Um, And just before we get into that email, I just want people at home to, listen, to, to be aware of. You can probably hear a digger in the background of my, my audio. The fucking neighbour is a selfish bastard and he's getting his, tar- his drive tarmacked. But I mean, the show has to go on and I can't move my whole setup, so you just have to deal with it. Um, but David, I think we'll get into this email they sent out this week the Foodstock newsletter. And as always, the, in my opinion, before we even get into it, I just wanted to be known. I think they've knocked it out of the park. The transparency, the. I don't know, everything about it just tickled my fancy. I, I don't think there's much I can really pick holes in it. Maybe some of the, the Debbie Downers in the crowd can, and if they can, fair play to you. Maybe you're one of them, David, but look, we'll get into it. Um, first thing they mention is card circulation, the facts. So before they get into how they're going to be managed and new players added, etc, let's get some facts straight. So they've seen some really ambitious guesses about the number of cards of each player currently in the market. Um, but uh, that's actually it's much lower than people think. So right now the highest volume of any player card sits at just 3,500 the average active player card volume is circa 1,350 cards. Deal of the day has been successful in removing over 6,500 cards from the market, most of which are higher value players, with users receiving almost 43 grand in contest credit. So, how are going to manage it going forward? First off, what did you think of those numbers, David?
1: Um, surprising. I think from what you said a few minutes ago, actually, that, um, which sort of leads into this, is... is... That you think we've reached the bottom of the market and therefore it's a good time for people to join and what I'd say is I think we've reached the bottom of the market because they released this email I think that's definitely it may have gone a little bit lower I don't think it would have gone much lower regardless but I think because of this email it basically you know, everybody realises that there's scarcity around the cards and therefore it's a good time to be signing up. You know, the card values are going to rise. With regards to the the actual volume of the cards, I was incredibly surprised. The highest volume sits at 3,500. I, if you'd given me a 1,000 guesses, I wouldn't have got that close, honestly. I, I would have thought, I, th- I thought maybe 10,000. There's got to be a player on there with 10,000. I know lots of people have sort of you know some chuff card where there's about 200 of them you know and just haven't bothered to get rid of them for whatever reason um so three and a half thousand i, I was pleasantly surprised i'd say i don't know how you feel about it I was, yeah
0: yeah no i was massively pleasantly surprised i think do you know i i would have guessed in the way higher than three and a half thousand and that's the highest do you know imagine how many brunos there are
1: Oh yeah, there's probably thousand. more Bruno's than you think, but I think that people like TAA, because Bru- I know Bruno came out later, but so many people were picking them up in packs, in those epic packs, but uh, yeah, maybe you're right actually, maybe Bruno's one of the low ones, I, I'm I would, guessing that sort of stuff.
0: I think the higher one has to be a player that's kind of been on from the start and been churned out in packs from the start. Yeah, I think right. these thirteen. Well, obviously the average is pulled down by new players and the like. But I mean, Timo Verner's—they could be less than a couple of hundred, less than five hundred. I don't, I don't actually know. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised by 3,500. 1,350 average is very promising because I mean, do you know, at one stage during sort of peak boom, March, about May, there were thirteen hundred and fifty-ish people. There were about a thousand people entered in certain tournaments. So when I think of active users and things. It's kind of showing me that you know if their marketing works, the whole cami bit, the hundred k free roll, they you know if everything's working. I mean, realistically, I don't know. I think I don't know if they actually get into the target card volume here, but I don't know if they get figures on that. I don't think they do in this email, but um, it'd be very interesting to see what the average card per user per player almost is. Do you know if there's five thousand active users? What will that target card volume be? Will it be 5,000 cards? Will it be 10,000 so everyone can have two? Will it be 2,500 so half the people can have them? I think it'll be very interesting to see how they play that because that, that scarcity aspect is what will add to the premium of the player and its own food stock now. How, how scarce. I keep saying scarcity. It's scarcity, isn't it? We talked about this before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, you fucking know what I'm saying. It'd be interesting. Oh, it's it's completely Gary in their hands. You
1: want?
0: <laughs> you know. Um, it's completely in their fucking hands, and I don't know. Do they want them to? I'm going. I'm really going off on one here, David. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm barely letting you speak. But I just. It's just such a a rabbit hole. Like, do they want it so that? the player the card prices rise so everyone's come in and buy cards now or do they want it so that the barrier to entry never gets too high so they don't want it to, to be too scarce like how do they play this
1: um, it's a difficult one isn't it and i i guess if you ask you know maybe 10 or 20 different users they'll probably give different answers as well because i know some people are interested in you know primarily in tournaments and therefore their their interest is more with keeping the card you know, the card price is a little lower, so more people will come in and enter tournaments. Other people have big portfolios and they're looking for capital appreciation. So, you know, and, and there'll be a variety of people in between that are doing a mix of both. So, yeah, I completely agree. It'll be interesting. I would have a little I would have a few concerns about them releasing the target volumes for players because you know, if you're first to see that email or first to find out what the target volumes are for certain players you'd go and buy those up if the target volumes are a lot lower just because as more people join if they don't increase the the target volumes incrementally with the not incrementally you know along with the the, the number of users that are signing up then the there will be increased scarcity of the cards and therefore the prices of the cards could get to ridiculous levels which would be therefore be a barrier to entry for new people joining so mm. have you have you seen so rare have you tried it it's funny uh, i was i had signed up a while ago and then i had another look last week and spoke to a couple of the guys on slack about it and i i, I was just shocked by some of the prices some of the cards like the unique cards of players i'd never heard of in my life and were like you know 30 years old in the mexican league we're going for 3 grand it's
0: it's insane yeah
1: um like I can't get my head around
0: it yeah it just i find it very very interesting i really do and it shows the potential because there are people there that would play this way um i've recently I only got into Sorare last week now i've only got a few hundred quid in it. i'm kind of playing around with it but i find it really interesting um like those unique cards that are like 1 of 1 I mean, there's an Andres Iniesta. He's six hours left on the auction. He's at three hundred and twelve quid. Um, I mean, he's thirty five. Do you know there's there's players here, who like the Mbappe the other day went for thousands. It's like, it's, it's a it's a funny one because I don't know how I've, I've kind of touched on this. Right, I just would be interested to see how Footstock go that way. Like, they could make it very so rare where it it really does have a premium, or they could go. A different way where every is much more accessible, but there's limits. Ah, fuck. Look, I think this is something I could sit and speculate and do my own head on about all day, but I think we just have to wait and see what they do.
1: Yeah, it is a bit of a head fuck trying to sort of get your head around that. Plus, there's so I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was you that posted on Twitter the other day about which of these platforms do you yeah. use, you know, the name of the three. And at the moment, you know, I, I think I'm sort of on all of them to a varying degree, but. I really only um, concentrate at the moment on footstock and a little bit on football index. Um, I find it really difficult to sort of, you know, Focus on everything, because then you start to miss things, and things start to go through the um, you know through the cracks, etc. Well, like
0: um, I put that poll up, and I got four hundred ninety five votes of the of the big fours which you could say football index, footstock, so rare, and sports stack. How many do you currently use at least semi actively? I was just kind of intrigued because I know that I use two of them, football index and footstock, pretty religiously. So rare, I am starting to dabble, and I am finding it quite interesting. Sports stack, I do not use. Um, but sixty one percent of people said they only use one um 28% of people said they use 2, 8% 3, 2 3% 4 and it's kind of like you know I don't know why I find this interesting but I think it just shows the amount of people that are really only on one platform and the sort of scope for player for people to move from platform to platform and at the minute football index is really struggling I am kind of expecting to get a few sign ups from the community of a lot of people who are kind of bored or annoyed at football index, and they've seen this amazing announcement from Footstock, and they're going to come over and put a bit of money in and see how it goes. Because, look, it's worth touching on briefly like, football index is rough enough at the minute. um, Really is. Not a lot of people are having too much fun. And over on Footstock, tournaments, 100k free rolls, scarcity coming in. Scarcity coming in. Every, we'll get on it, but every time you buy a pack, essentially the player's price will go up. Talk about that. There's a bit more to that, but
1: I love the tournaments as well. I mean, just sort of going going away from this at the moment. I know you talk about I can't remember what you say. What you're a tournament player stuck in no a trader (laughs) stuck in a
0: tournament player's body? (laughs) Yeah, because of my fucking credit balance, but but uh, it's
1: gone. I love the tournaments. I don't know. I know that they're smaller, and I'm used to playing on DraftKings. You know, and the tournaments on there in the past, especially on other sports, are far bigger. I just love the community. You go on there and people, you know, you win a tournament and people give you a bit of, you know, a well done from the community. You know, it's not, it, although everybody's in it for themselves to a degree, there's a lot of camaraderie within the community. And mm. I think that's something that Footstocks, um, sorry, um, Football Index, especially, has sort of gone away from. And a lot of people are in it for themselves. And... I think that Football Indicator, hopefully they'll sort it out. You know, I, I, I love the product, um, but at the moment it's going through choppy waters. But yeah. um, anyway, sorry. I'm-
0: no, no, 100%. And just again, that's what this podcast is all about. Tangents will gradually work our way through this. But something that I found very, do you know what it is actually? Because I use a few of these platforms and so do you and so do so many people in the community. You start to see ideas that Footstock can use. And this is why the competition for them all is so good. I mean, Footstock had talked about bringing in that historical Kami card or whatever, and I just seen So Rare bringing out a Diva Beckham card. God knows what you can do with it. But things like this, it's kind of like there's a lot of, especially between Footstock and So Rare, there's so many things they have in common and can use from each other. Uh, so Rare do use a captain. A lot of people on Footstock aren't into that. But something I really like on So Rare, and I really like this, and I think it's a huge selling point. And I don't know if Footstock will ever adapt or try and use it. Obviously, this card circulation and scarcity sort of thing is kind of going down the the so rare route in in a way they're very different but something i think they could use is um on so rare you can literally look up any manager and you can see their gallery so imagine i could say oh monkey let me go and have a look at what you're rocking on footstock you know and i can look you up as a manager go into your profile see what you've got um now obviously people could make anonymous names people could make themselves anonymous if they want but for the the community, like us and people who are on podcasts and who are active in Slack and on on Twitter and stuff, you'd be able to go in and be like, "Geez, I really like what you've got going on here," and or "Geez, what about this?" or "You won that there," or. God, you've got five Brunos here. I'll give you two sons and a Sala and a this if you give me a Bruno. Or you can, and then if you could trade cards between each other, that's what kind of happens on SoRare. There's cash and card trading and stuff. Now, that's obviously massive changes from a tech standpoint, from an actual market standpoint, from the whole way the platform works. But it's something I particularly like from SoRare, um, and definitely worth considering if it hasn't been considered. I'd say.
1: Do you not? I mean, I don't think it would necessarily concern me. But do you think the privacy issue? That's what I'm saying. You need to give people the anonymity option. It is still a gambling product at the end of the day. And, you know, if your friends could go on and just check and see how much you had in William Hill or something like that, now a lot of people wouldn't care, but I bet you a lot of people would because they don't want to think that uh, they have a lot of money in um, spending it on Billy Hill or Brooks or whatever.
0: Well, like, the way I look at it is, if you don't want to be found. It's not like you're, they're looking your email or your real name. They're looking up your club name, so I could just name my club fucking Logitech Webcam United, and like no one would have a clue. That's true. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that it, it's more a case of if you want to be found, you can. If you wanna, like on on their Discord, which is the equivalent to Slack, they're very active in. I want to buy this guy, and or I want to buy this guy, or I'm looking to trade this for one of these. It's almost like having Pokemon cards in the playground again. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that aspect of it, and it's something that can be thought of i just think because they're going down this scarcity route and they're bringing in auctions for new players that's very much how so rare works um yeah and i think there's a lot of comparatives between the two platforms and they can both learn from each other anyway
1: yeah i think uh, i think footstock definitely could learn a few things from the, the so rare model but um i think that everything footstock do so far tends to turn to gold a hundred percent um...
0: And look, I have no doubt they're sitting using all these platforms and looking at the ball and coming up with hybrids and coming up with the Footstock original ideas and coming up with hybrids and weird sort of, you know, getting a bit of a sniff of something from somewhere and using it here and that's literally what it's all about. Giving the users the best possible experience through competition and that's why I'm such an avid Um, i'm an advocate for for using multiple platforms and supporting all of them anyway that that's tangents we haven't even got through the fucking first paragraph Um, you can
1: guarantee now tom's not allowed to play footstool that he's on rare. (laughs) that's it he won't tell you that
0: though (laughs) (laughs) um so managing card circulation in the next few weeks they're going to implement several measures comprising our overall strategic plan comprising i don't know if they've made a typo there if i'm an idiot anyway their overall strategic plan for the footstock card ecosystem the first is our overall principle for managing card circulation target card volume each player will have a target card volume calculated based on our active user base and amended when necessary as we grow these numbers won't be published okay they're not going to be published oh at this stage but will be something we share as we move forwards towards full transparency so yeah pretty much what i said A player's card supply will be managed accordingly based on their target card volume and how many are currently in circulation. I'll just get the next bit done and then we'll talk about it. Card holding limits, basically to stop people holding them all. We'll be limiting the number of individual player cards a user can buy going forward. This will avoid the potential of uh, of a user holding a monopoly on an individual player impacting the ability for others to own the player. Once a user reaches 200 cards of a certain player, they will be limited, meaning they can't buy any more of that player from the market. There are only a handful of 200 plus holdings. <coughs> Danilo! <coughs> um, <laughs> these will be allowed to remain. However, the relevant user user won't be able to buy any more of that player from the market. Um, so, yeah. That's the story with target card volume and card holding limits. I think 200's a nice number. Um but I think obviously like everything with footstock, it's fluid and they'll react. If it turns out to be too much or too little, they'll change it. And I like that the, it's going to change with the active user base. That's kind of saying that it's never going to go full so rare where you only have 100 and something cards a year and that's it, no matter what joins. Do you know, this could be a bit more fluid and that, that kind of gives them the out that if the barrier to entry gets too high, do you know, they, they can just stick more in the market. What, what do you think on that?
1: Yeah, no, again, I mean, to be fair, as I read through this, I was just like, yeah, they've got that right, yeah, they've got that right, yeah, they've got that right, and at the end of the email, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but I was like, hang on, I need to think about how they've got this wrong, or what could go wrong, and in terms of the number of cards, I don't think there's really much to add on this, I think hundred's a fair number, Um I don't hold anywhere near that at the moment because of the amount of time I had off. I'm still trying to get back up. And I think my maximum at the moment is about 20. And I can't see me, you know, and, and I honestly can't see me going much higher than that, you know, maybe towards 30, but 200 seems fair. And I think if there weren't people on there that already had 200 plus of some cards, they maybe would have made it even a little bit lower, not much lower, maybe 150, but, you know, I think that that's a fair number for the time being.
0: yeah, time will tell, but I, I really yeah. like this this move. I really do, and for people listening, I'm sure you have all read this, but this isn't for me even the that, that we haven't even got to the most exciting part of this email yet for me. Yeah no, I agree um, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you want to talk about about that we've went through there before we go on to the packs?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think as I said earlier that the, each player will have a target card volume which is great. And they talk about these numbers won't be published at the moment, but we will share more moving forward or give towards full transparency. I don't necessarily want full transparency. I think it gives people with big bankrolls a position, not necessarily to completely corner the market, but to buy a lot of a player up if they realise the target volume for that player and they're still relatively cheap is quite low then they would go out and buy those players, so they could not not manipulate the market. Uh, but it would get to that point. So I think there's, I know what you're there's saying. a tricky line they need to cross there. And but you know, I I, I have full faith in Footstock. Um. So until they do something wrong, I'm not going to criticise them.
0: Yeah, it's an awkward one because it could be a certain. I don't know what what would dictate which target card volume specific players should have like why would one player have a higher target card volume, is it just to do with demand is it to do with ability rating, is it to do with PPGs is it to do with use in tournaments I, I don't know But exactly every player should have the same
1: target volume really I would uh,
0: sort of think that but then maybe is that just stupid because I mean realistically everyone would have um, a bunch of Mesodosals or something or they'd be, you'd be as likely to get that out of a pack as you would players people actually want i don't know um i actually just don't know but look it, 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 i know what you're saying i mean if one card has a 600 target volume and the other one has a two and a half k then surely the 600 card volume if you buy 200 of that you, you can corner a third of that market you could essentially market make that player uh going forward i'd say if you'd that many of them um anyway We'll move on to the next bit. Packs. And here's where we get fucking exciting. Introducing Footstock Buyback. This literally flips everything on its head. And kind of, for me, silences a lot of the, crit- the critics. And it kind of... I don't know. We'll get into it. EPL standard premium and exclusive packs will return to the Footstock shop in the next few days. With one key difference. Whenever a user buys an EPL pack, Footstock will buy the corresponding players from the market. In other words, when someone buys a pack, they now support the market. Let's say you receive Harvey Barnes in the pack. Footstock will automatically buy one from the market. This results in no additional Harvey Barnes cards being added to the market, which provides greater liquidity, with the lowest sell order being cleared in the process. The only time this won't happen is if the player in question has dropped significantly below their target card volume. Um, So if they're really below their target card volume, they're just going to pump them out and get them back to his target card volume this mechanic results in players cards only being added through packs when their supply is under target levels so basically now whenever you buy a pack not every single pack um, because if the card could be below its target volume but i'd say a lot of packs will support the market and basically boost player values instead of the the old way where you buy a pack and it reduces everyone's value because there's more supply now, and that was one of the biggest barriers to a lot of the football index community in particular, in ever joining Footstock. What do you think of this, Monkey?
1: Yeah, mind blown. Really, honestly, I read this and had to reread it again. I was like, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. Honestly, that they will support the market because everybody wants player prices to to rise or at least at the very least, you know, not uh, stop falling. Um, most people I know on uh, Footstock like to buy a pack. They love a bit of a, you know, a little rumble, little guess, and see, am I going to get anyone decent? You know, and mm. yes, they could probably make more money from buying from the market, but it's just a bit of fun, isn't it, doing them sometimes? By the fact that they're taking these off the market, these cards off the market, it just it's win-win i mean it's a brilliant idea I, I i have to admit i had thought about lots of different ways they could reintroduce the packs and stuff like that i hadn't even thought of this one you know it didn't even cross my mind well i think
0: the reason this one wouldn't cross people's minds so much is that for them to do this it's going to cost them so much money do you know
1: well, exactly, but, but yeah. they
0: they made hundreds of thousands if not millions probably millions i think millions. definitely millions During April and May, when everyone signed up and was buying packs out their arse. And they are showing here now how much they care about their product, the platform, and the community. Do you know, they're putting their, like, Oliver's putting his Christmas bonus to the side here so that they can support the market and boost the market and keep the platform good and keep it going because they have grand visions for the platform. They aren't happy where they're at, they aren't sitting back, they aren't relaxing. They have a grand vision and they're they're determined to fucking execute. And if that means that they have to st- sink a couple of hundred grand, or however much maybe I'm overstating how much it'll cost them, but if they have to st- sink a bit into the market um, when people buy packs, so be it, they're going to do it. They're not going to take the money and run. And I think it's a very, very positive move. I don't think it can be understated how positive that is, really. It's probably the most positive thing since I've signed up to Footstock.
1: My, I guess my, my only concern with this when I read it or when I thought about it afterwards was the fact that it Footstock's main in, income stream at the moment is the PAX. You know, that, that's pretty much it. I'm assuming they make a, a very, very small amount of their income comes from uh, virtual rake, um, from the virtual battles. Um, but primarily, or well, 99.9% of the revenue will be from PAX. Now, I did notice someone brought this up on uh, Slack actually at some stage after the email came out and Oliver jumped in and said, you know, don't worry, we'll still be making a small percentage on each pack sold. So they're banking on them being able to get more customers. You know, the more customers they get in, then the more people buy packs and therefore, you know, the market continues to grow. And, you know, if that's the case, if they've done the numbers and, you know, I'm assuming they have because otherwise they wouldn't be doing it, then it's good for everybody long term it's good for footstock because more people will join because you know they won't be frightened away by prices dropping you know people will buy more cards people will still keep buying packs and the market continues to grow
0: and don't forget they have a new way of getting money now and it's auctions. going to be player options yeah. you know so that that that'll be huge because i was confused again i keep bringing up other pra- platforms here but this is what it's all about so rare when i signed up to it finally last week they, I was like, how do they give out free prizes all the time? Like their contests, you don't pay to enter. I was like, how does that even work? Like, where do they get money? And all their players are auctioned, so there's just a constant stream of money coming in all day, every day, because they have auctions every three minutes or something. And do you know, like these player auctions are gonna be massive. Imagine whenever Sancho, if Sancho was ever added to the platform, and if they're gonna stick a hundred of them out there, that could be tens of thousands thrown into their bank account did you know um but we'll get on to that new player think packs i
1: will get added to the platform don't you think i assume he will get added to the oh pla- sorry
0: he will anyway actually with these we'll get on to that actually oh god we need to talk faster i need to stop rambling there's actually quite a bit here that i didn't think of right new player packs will continue to be sold for now when new players added to the platform are added to them when they join the premier league players will start to be removed from these packs when they reach their target card volume We will look to phase out new player packs by the end of the year with any new Premier League players added via auction from January 2021. So in two months time things are going to change. Um, Two months time? That's bad Maz. Three months time. Introducing auctions. Moving forward we will introduce new players to the Footstock platform via player auctions. New players will be identified and then added to the auctions area of the site. The auction area will show players, show users which players are available, how many of them will be auctioned and when the auction closes. Let's say for example Messi has been added to the platform. We'll put a batch of 100 up to be auctioned. Users can then place in a limited number of bids. When the auction ends, the highest 100 bids will be successful and then the player added to those c- collections. Those users can then choose to keep the player or add them to the market to be traded as normal by bringing in players via auctions it'll add an extra daily excitement to footstock it also allows us to bring that player up to target card volume without seeing a rational pricing in the market brilliant because that saves you know that whole initial thing when a player starts popping out new player packs and you get fabio silva 90 quid or whoever um so i think that's that, that's how auctions will work do you want to touch on auctions or will we move on
1: uh, quickly, I, I, yeah. um, I did listen briefly to the um, the Hubcop podcast from last night and some of the concerns they brought up, I won't repeat them because you can go and listen to that one. But um, in terms, it'll be interesting to see how they implement this because, you know, otherwise it, it, the richest people on the site or, or the biggest bankrolls will be able to go on and bid maximum for the best players and they'll get everybody. And then the people that, you know, have smaller bankrolls are going to struggle to get them so whether they lim- the limit the amount of times you can bid on an auction a month or a week or whatever and how many times you can bid on a particular auction one particular auction so it would be interesting to see how they implement it basically is what i'm trying to say i think it's a brilliant idea i'm really looking forward to them coming in uh, i'll definitely be getting stuck in
0: well i think I think if I was to look it out of the face and just try and spitball on my head, if there's a hundred cards going up of a player, I'd say... Because like, if everyone's waiting on Sancho, right, and Sancho comes up and there's a hundred in the first batch, and everyone's going to be wanting to put bids in, I think being able, personally, any one person to be able to put in three, no more than three, off the top of my head sounds about right, maybe five's too many, maybe one's too little... Um. Three for me. Uh, But that's just me spitballing. But I do think like big accounts, if they want to come in and bid over the odds and over the price for the player, so fucking bid. It It would take like thirty or forty of them to work together if they've got three bids to actually corner a player. And then there'll be another auction next week. I mean it can only go so far. Um I'm personally not too worried about that. I think if someone wants to come in and play through their teeth and spend four hundred quid on someone when they come onto the platform let them fucking do it. There'll be someone who's the hundredth highest bid who gets them for 120 quid. And yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I come from an, but it is a concern.
1: I come from an economics background and sort of, you know, the debate, I I would like to see the market really work by itself to a degree. And so I think, you know, having as few limitations as possible on the market would be best, but I also think you need to protect sort of new users coming on board and stuff like that. But I, You know, I have full faith that they'll find a way. And if they don't the first time, that they'll make changes. Do you care a lot about the swaps or do you not? not really. As uh, yeah. I think Mark said, I never really got involved in the junk bond market. You know, I, I was a bit too late to the get them too ch- so cheap that I could do the swaps So
0: yeah, I'm not big into the swaps So look, we'll skip over it a bit just on time because we've got the Footstock expansion to get into and questions. But basically, there's a bit there about card swaps. If you're a big swapper, if you've a lot of inactives, if you've bought the swap, go and read the Footstock newsletter. There's a bit of a bit of news there that you kind of need to know. Um, yeah, Footstock expansion. Now this excites me too. This excites me a lot. As promised, in our summer product update, we'll soon start adding players from outside the Premier League who compete in the Champions League and Europa League. These players will be the first to be introduced via auctions and will bring extra excitement to every European game day. We naturally intend to add players at a very gradual pace to minimise the impact on the existing player pool. The core focus of the product will remain on the Premier League. There'll be just as much use for Premier League card Player player cards than ever as before. Sorry, within the next few weeks, we'll start to add European players in the following order: players who face Premier League opposition on Champions League or Europa League game day one, other players from the same groups that include English teams. They'll be added in small batches via auction up to a target card volume. We will keep these volumes lower than the Premier League cards, as a section of our users will be happy to just focus on the Premier League. Moving into early 2021, we'll add further players for the Champions League and Europa League knockout rounds before focus shifts to the summer and Euro 2021. A point to note, some Champions League and Europa League players will already exist on the platform having spent time previously in the Premier League. These players will be added to auctions if they fall below the new Champions League and Europa League target card volumes. So we'll talk about that. The last thing in the newsletter is the October Monster Upgraded. Go and have a look at it. They're basically boosting it a bit. It's brilliant. Um, there's a lot of prizes to be won. So definitely check that out. But let's talk about the Footstock expansion and take some questions. So what, what are your thoughts on it?
1: My, my only concern is I think, I think it's brilliant that they're going to be expanding into different areas and releasing more cards. I think the demand is definitely there. My only concern, and I guess this will be alleviated as more and more people sign up, is that it will dilute the the amount of money that will be spent entering the Premier League tournaments, and I think that Footstock will you know dip their toe in the water with it to start off with, just to see what the demands like. I don't think they'll go balls deep in it straight away, um, and and rightfully so because the, the the prize pools generally are a little bit down in the, the Premier League at the moment. Um, I'm not too worried about that right now. But if it was still like that in January, I would, you know, I'd be a little bit, oh, come on, come on, people, you know, sign up, get these tournaments entered. But, um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes from that point of view. But yeah, I'm really excited to see some of these cards come on board. I probably won't be spending huge amounts of money on it in the short term. um, Although I say that, and then I'll probably end up, you know, buying the old player so I can enter some of the tournaments. But... You know that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, I'll um, I'll definitely get involved. Let's say I think it would excite me quite a lot being able to pick up. Uh, in particular, what I'd probably be looking at more than actually buying the elite European players for European tournaments. I'm looking forward to having elite European teams' youth talent on the platform. So let's say I don't even think Leon are in the Champions League this year. They must be in the Europa League, or did they miss out in Europe? Um. Anyway, let's say. Let me see. I'm trying to Google it. Fuck it. Let's say Leon are in the Europa League. I actually can't remember what they're in if they're in any. Imagine being able to pick up Cherky because he's in that team. Yeah, Do you that's, know,
1: that's exciting. Yeah,
0: that type of stuff excites me more so than being able to grab Lionel Messi. To be honest with you, yeah, because
1: um, Lionel's at the end of his career, isn't he? And yeah, so I noticed actually if we quickly go to one of the questions that was just asked, the last question from Noly, um, who's one of the moderators on the blog, he asked. Um, how much would you pay for a Lionel Messi card at, at auction? Well, that's a nice
0: transition actually into
1: the questions. Um, you know, I did think about that, you know, for a few seconds when I saw it, and I thought, well, I probably wouldn't pay that much. No, you've got maybe like, a year, maybe two years. Maybe he comes to the Premier League, and you get a, year, a full year of Premier League as well. But I mean, legit, legitimately, on like if he's only going to be useful
0: for Champions League tournaments, I mean. Fiver, tenner.
1: Yeah, Is that stupid? maybe more than that just to have a messy but not. A maybe lot. I'm not talking I mean, hundred, definitely not. He that. won't I mean, even he be, be in to twenty
0: in, quid. He won't even be in Euro twenty one, and he's old.
1: Well, exactly, yeah.
0: Me, okay, Fiver's a bit little, but between ten and twenty quid, maybe yeah, that's, okay. That's, that's if, you're thinking, looking, yeah. if you're asking for thirty or forty quid for a messy, you can go fuck off. Do you know? And people would. Um, I'd be, I'd pay, I'd pay more for. Honestly, controversial opinion time, here it comes. I would pay more for a Cherokee than I would for a Messi.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe well, it's not that yeah. controversial.
1: But. Uh, probably not, no, because you've got the whole career, haven't you? I mean, like, yeah. what about um, Jude Bellingham?
0: Yeah, oh, jeez, Be- Bellingham's price, by the way, over on Football Index.
1: What is obscene. it? I haven't looked at him on there recently. It's
0: spread because no one's basically putting any new bids on him, so it's old bids, but no one's biting on them. So I'm actually picking some up at his... Um, current spread that you can bid. So a spread is from 471 to 302. But that 302 is just an old bid. Um at the minute you can only bid as low as 431, but I still think that's obscene. I mean, I I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by the game time he's getting over there, but that's for another day. Um yeah, what would you pay for the Messi card?
1: Yeah, up to up to 20 quid is is where I'm thinking right now. Um it'll be interesting to see which ones they launch with. I guess it I When's the European um, Champions League draw? That's today, isn't it? Is it today? I'm
0: pretty sure it's today, yeah. Yeah, I'll have a look at that, actually. be interesting because we'll be able to know who's coming onto the platform soon.
1: Because they've said that they're going to target players who are in, in um, British teams' groups, primarily. Yeah, the Champions League draw is happening as we speak. It's right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's actually like it started at 401 apparently, and it's 410.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see anyway. And I'll have a little look afterwards and see who's got who. You know, imagine if um, Borussia Dortmund, for instance, gets in a group with Liverpool (laughs) or something like that. Then it's likely Jaden Sancho will be one of the first people to come onto the market. Now, his price I find far more interesting than Lionel Messi's.
0: Yeah. What's a, I don't know, what's a fair price for him? Yeah, Is he going to go quid? to
1: United next year? <laughs> Is he going to go before next year? We don't, you know, nobody knows. It's,
0: I think because of the hype and because of this, the scarcity and because of all that, I legitimately see him going for 150 quid, 200 quid or something stupid. But would he actually be better from a tournament standpoint, a footstock standpoint than Kevin De Bruyne or someone? I don't think so.
1: Well, definitely not right now
0: he's not but people will bring that football index bias over and they'd bring the, the, like, the reason he's so expensive over There, people need to realise isn't just his PB potential it's the amount of media the fucker wins and can win over his career yes he's an elite player yes he's outstanding but there's really good fucking goal scorers in the Premier League right now going for sub 20 quid sub 40 quid now I know he, he's a dribbler he'll beat men he, he, he'll probably he'll suit the footstock matrix hands, hands down but will he be worth more than a kevin de bruyne maybe for the differential due to the scarcity etc but yeah i just i just think they'll be he will be overpriced whatever happens for me he will actually be overpriced
1: yeah it's and almost guaranteed he's likely to be in the england squad as well for next year's euros so he'll be useful in that as well and i think it's only a matter of time before he either goes to you know manchester united city or someone like that the only other places he would go, surely, are uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a Manchester kid, isn't he? Well, I think he's from London, but he grew up in Manchester at this Man City Academy. Yeah. Maybe he grew up in Manchester altogether, anyway. Um, yeah, I think United are favourites, but God knows where he could go. What makes Footstock more appealing than DraftKings, says FS Baz. Is there anything Footstock can learn from DraftKings or other products? We've kind of actually discussed what they can learn from other products quite a bit, but
1: on the DraftKings stuff. Draft, DraftKings is a massive behemoth now. I mean, it covers pretty much every sport and some of the stuff that, you know, they are slow to change, whereas Footstock are very quick to sort of react to the market and to ideas. I think that the only thing from, from my point of view that DraftKings currently has over Footstock is the huge user base and therefore the bigger prizes. And even that, they're not that much bigger. You know, the monthly monster that we've got at the end of October is 10 grand. I would be surprised if that doesn't get to 15, 20 grand, like the virtual one earlier in um, in August. And, you know, that's the size of the, the weekly competitions on DraftKings. So, you know, it's not that far behind. I, I haven't quite stopped playing on DraftKings, but... My, you know, 90% of my time now is spent looking at footstocks and DraftKings. I think I've learned a lot from playing on DraftKings in terms of how to build lineups and, you know, different strategies that we could spend, a, you know, an hour talking about. Um, but uh, so I won't go into all of them now because otherwise we'll be here for...
0: You'll just have to come back.
1: Yeah, you'll have to come back. But uh, well, after, I'll have to come back. Not you'll yeah. have to come back. You come back every week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck's sake, I know what <laughs> So, um, yeah,
1: uh, I think that the way they've grown the product probably is, you know, the most important thing. They grew it, they've grown it very quickly and perhaps that was because it was the only really DFS site around for a long time. But um, I think Footstock, just, you know, they're doing it well at the moment. We just need more people coming on board and they're doing the marketing. They're doing what they can do. So
0: Yeah, time. Time, time can heal a lot of things and make a lot of things better. World Cup Dan B. How does your strategy... The moderators are all over this. They love you. How does your strategy change from playing footstock contests compared to playing other DFS sites? So I suppose getting into that strategy, um, just to sort of graze over it, roughly yeah, we, what's different or what's similar? What can you take away? Or how's footstock different?
1: I think with that, you know, I'll go into the basics, but any site you join where you're entering tournaments, you need to know the matrix, the scoring matrix inside out on DraftKings, you know, having players the same as Footstock that have decent base scores and potential peak scores are gold and they're normally priced up. Now, so, you know, like um, Bruno, you know, costs more to buy because he has a decent base score and also decent peaks. Um, I think that in terms of strategy, once you know the matrix inside out, it's building lineups with high peak score players if you're a tournament player um, you know maybe they'll introduce sort of cash games like 50 50 50 50 tournaments and stuff like that in the future but for tournaments you know you want the first prize i don't want to just cash so therefore i I've heard you speak about it before you know when you're entering teams into a tournament you're looking for correlation between players so i think one you talk about a lot is the Trent or Robertson to Van Dyke, and I completely agree you know that those are the types of things you're looking for so but also the and the, probably the most important thing is reacting to team news because you can build a lineup and you can say oh this player's not playing I'll just change you for this one but how does that impact the team you know maybe that the person that's got dropped isn't going to be on set pieces or sorry was on set pieces the new person coming in isn't necessarily just going to be on set pieces that could be someone else. So knowing, mm. knowing information about the teams is
0: important. Yeah, 100%. I think that's absolutely pivotal with everything and that's why early team news and the likes of fantasy football, they actually took in measures to try and prevent that this year by moving the deadline forward. Now Footstock embraces team news um, and it, it's pivotal, isn't it? And being able to, to really adapt whenever you realise your player gets an injury and understand sort of understanding of football is so fucking important i know this isn't the question at all but like i know a lot of people who are just your casual punter like how i used to understand football two years ago before i discovered football index that guy compared to now and my understanding of not just the game teams in europe in general and their, their squad depth and who comes in if he's injured etc those sort of things and I, this really is a tangent it's not really based on that question at all but it's so important you really need to have anytime you absorb a piece of news or see something new you need to have your footstock hat on don't you you almost need to be like oh right okay trent got taken off for nico williams obviously it because they've got a game midweek in the champions league must be resting or something okay who's on the corners instead because trent robertson isn't playing oh tiago's taking them great now i know that if he isn't starting this i can use that and it's remembering all those little nuances and things that happen for future use um I think that can really separate the, is it the wheat from the chaff? That's the same, isn't it? That is the same. At least I hope it is. But World Cup Dan B's last question and the last question of the day: Which country do you think Footstock should expand to first in terms of increasing the user base?
1: Um. Germany. I guess Germany, because they know the market, you know, they're They there. know Germany. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know that there's some sort of restrictions in terms of gambling in Germany. Yeah. I don't know how much that would impact them moving to there. But I I know the German market. I like the teams, you know, they play a decent, attractive type of football to watch. And so from that point of view, yeah, Germany, Um I just shout them because obviously Oliver and Till, I don't know if they're both German.
0: I think Oliver definitely is. They are both German. Yeah, they, they are. They? Yeah, they are. And the company's actually set up as a German business, but um, the GmbH thing, that's what that means. But they, I think the reason I say Germany is the fans over there are so passionate, but I don't know what the gambling culture is like or fantasy culture. I suppose you need to look around Europe and find the most fantasy orientated nation because we all play fpl i assume there's french spanish german italian etc equivalents how many users do they get yeah probably not as many as england but i wonder which one has the biggest and then the gambling there's a lot to that question actually if you really got into it
1: yeah i think i think i think that germany in terms of moving into i, I think that you know there's but from a personal point of view, I'd want them to move into the one where, as you said, there's the most potential users because that's what would be best for the platform long-term. But um... I, I'll put
0: a... I'll, no, I don't know if I can do this because I actually probably wouldn't actually do it. I, no, I i wouldn't do it. I was going to say i put a footstock tattoo in the line, but I definitely wouldn't <laughs> do that. Um, I don't know what I can put on the line, like a hundred pack giveaway or something. Yeah, okay, a hundred pack. i give two hundred packs away. Guaranteed the next one they go into... I would speculate. Why would I do this to myself? I'm here now. Germany or Spain. That, they're the places everyone. Football Index is linked to them for a reason. There must have been thought thought put into this. I'd say they go into one of them.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: But maybe I'm wrong. We see they're going to fucking Iceland or something. John, <laughs> John here is down 200 quid. Anyway, Monkey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Monkey or David. Um... Do you want to tell people where they can find you if you want to be found? Are you on Twitter or anything?
1: Yes, I'm on Slack as um, FSMonkey. I'm on Twitter as at FootStockMonkey. Feel free to follow me. I tweet about football and lots of inane crap.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me. See you later.
0: Cheers.